Before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, I want to quickly highlight what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, I am going to be talking about how to handle a good season. What do you do when things are going well? Or at least in one area of your life. I mean, how do you enjoy it? How do you recognize it? How do you enjoy it? How do you maximize it? It's the perfect setup for the Thanksgiving holiday. So make sure you're here. And this is why we need this. Because a lot of times we're so focused on all the bad stuff that's going on around us. And maybe the challenging seasons that we're in that we completely overlook the good things that God might be doing in our lives. And that God is doing in our lives. And then before we know it, they're here and they're gone. And we look back and we're like, Oh, I wish I would have focused on that a little bit more. And I know you've had that experience. So next week we're going to talk about it. Some of you are sitting there and you're going good season. I wish that'd be nice because the truth is, is that many of you, if not most of you, at least in one area of your life right now, or, or, or you're like one area, nothing, my entire life, you're in a dark, stormy, rough season. It could be a financial thing or maybe a relationship thing with your marriage, going through a tough season with your kids, a friendship, maybe a job thing. Maybe you're going through a difficult season mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You fill in the blank. But if you're there, you know it. And you're like, man, I... I'd love to be talking about good seasons, but I'm barely holding on here. Well, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to listen very carefully to what we're getting ready to read together from God's word. Here's why. Because you're going to be able to identify with this. You're going to see yourself in this. You're going to hear your thoughts and you're going to feel your feelings through what we're going to read together. I, I really believe it. And it's going to help your perspective and give you some hopeful truth. So regardless of what you're going through, if you're going through a rough season, if you're going through a tough season, I want you to listen. Beginning in the Old Testament, the ancient Old Testament scriptures, where we find the words of a guy named Asaph. King David included Asaph's writings in the book of Psalms. Asaph was a fellow worship leader with David in the temple. And evidently, this was so powerful, King David was like, we, we got to include this. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Let's look at it together. Asaph says, I, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. You ever been there? Especially that last part. I mean, maybe the all night long praying thing, that, that, that's not you, I, I get it. But the fact that your soul just won't be comforted. In other words, nothing anybody says is helping. Nothing anybody is trying to do, even though they mean well, is helping. It's just like nothing is helping. My soul, my mind, my heart is beyond comfort. I've been there. And I think some of you, maybe many of you are there. But he goes on. It's so real. He said, I think of God and I moan. Overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. And I'm too distressed even to pray. That doesn't sound very spiritual now, does it? But it's real. I know what that feels like. 
you would think when you're going through a rough season, when you're going through something hard, something tough, that to get your mind on the Lord, to get your mind on God helps things, right? Well, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes when you're going through something so hard and so difficult, you think of God and you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't help. You know why? Because deep down you know he could have stopped what you're going through, and he didn't for whatever reason. And he could fix it, but he's not. He's allowing you to go through it. So Asaph says, I, I think about God, and it just makes things worse. He said, I'm, I'm too distressed to even pray. I, I can't get sleep. When I think about praying, I'm like, I, I'm too weary. I'm too tired. I'm too tired to even pray. Well, you just need to pray. That's what the people will say. Anybody ever tell you that? You just, you ever felt like looking at them and going, you just need to hush. Because I, I don't want to hear that. That ain't helping nothing. And he goes on. Will God ever, will God never be kind to me again? Have his promises permanently failed? As it applies to me, has God forgotten to be gracious? Some of you are there right now. That's exactly how you feel. You think God has completely forgotten about you and he's helping them and he's helping him and he's helping her. And he's answering your prayers in everybody else's lives. But you, in a dark and stormy season and you don't know if you're going to make it. Then Asaph just kind of throws his hands up and says, and I, and I said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. So this is like worst case scenario for him, right? Now, fortunately, if you keep reading what Asaph wrote, it, it gets better. He kind of changes his mind, a little self-therapy here, starts listening to himself going, wait a second. And he started focusing on the promises of God and the faithfulness of God, and he changed his tune. But I'm not going to read that part right now because what I wanted you to do is identify with these feelings because this is real. What you're going through is real and what you're feeling is real and you're in a dark and stormy, rough, nasty season of life in some area of your life or in multiple reasons and multiple seasons of your life and you're like, oh man, see this is, this is real. What I want to do now though is kind of turn the corner and take you to the New Testament where the apostle Paul is talking to a group of Christians in Rome also facing some very difficult challenges and going through some tough seasons in their life. And he kind of picks people at the point of Asaph and, and tries to help us turn our attention to a more positive way of thinking about these difficult seasons. And this is what God teaches us through the writings of Paul. He says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that God will reveal to us later. In other words, he's saying, I know it's bad now, but it's going to get better. And in fact, it, what you're going through now is nothing in comparison to how good one day it's going to be. And he's talking to followers of Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, what I'm reading right now is one of the many reasons why you ought to become follower of Jesus, why you ought to begin trusting and following Jesus, because this would be true for you too. And even if you are a follower of Jesus, you may look at this and go, that's nice, but I don't feel it. Well, just because we don't feel something doesn't mean it's not real. doesn't mean it's not true. He goes on. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Notice, he did not say everything was good. He didn't say everything felt good. 
He didn't say you were gonna think everything is good. He's saying God's gonna take everything, even the stuff that's bad, even the stuff that's wrong, even the stuff that feels bad and feels wrong. He's gonna take all of that and work it together, massage it together, and when he's all done, it will be good. He will achieve good out of it and through it and from it. It's a huge benefit of following Jesus. We'll come back to that. He says this. Does it mean God no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? In other words, when bad stuff happens, does it mean that God has gone ASAP on us and that he's forgotten and that he's ignoring us like what Asaph was thinking, which wasn't true, it's just what he felt? He answers the question. No, despite all these things, like all of those bad seasons and more, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Another English translation translates this Greek. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Same thing. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing, nothing, can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing, no season you're in, no season I'm in, no, no, no matter how hard the season, nothing separates us from the love of God, even when we don't feel like God is loving us. And if you're like me, sometimes, along with Asaph, you're like, if this is how God loves me, he can stop. Right? It's our limited sight. That's why we need to come back to what we, what we discovered last week Again, sounds a little cliche, but it's still true. That there is always a reason for the season you're in, even the bad ones. Easier to accept for the good stuff. Really challenging to embrace when it's a dark and stormy season. There's always a reason for the season. And doesn't that sometimes when you're going through something difficult feel, and feel like a slap in the face? Like, I, I don't need that. That doesn't help. That doesn't change things. I mean, it's nice to know, but you're like, that's just raw, raw. Well, there is a reason for the season. Even though it's raw, it's still real. And even though it doesn't seem like that's a good thing, it is a good thing. And I want to share with you three truths, three perspectives for you to embrace and for us to embrace when we're going through a difficult, stormy season. All of these are kind of conclusions. Once you read what Asaph wrote and then what Paul wrote, three conclusions based upon what that tells us about ourselves, our season, and our Savior. But before we do, I got one little disclaimer. Okay? Sometimes we go through difficult seasons because it's kind of self-inflicted. Right? You're going through something uh, difficult because you made an unwise choice. You did something dumb. That happens, right? Sometimes we forget. Like, it could be that you're in the difficult financial season that you're in because you made some unwise financial choices, and we've all been there. Or it could be that your health is bad because you haven't taken care of it, you've neglected yourself and your health. We've all been there. Could be that maybe relationship-wise, things are rocky, things aren't good, and things are falling apart because you did something dumb. You've neglected that relationship. And so when you are in a bad season because of unwise choices, please understand, everything I'm getting ready to teach you in the next few minutes is still true to you, but it also comes along with you deciding to start making some wise choices. 
right? So there's no need to, to feel guilty here, and there's no need to play the victim card. If you're in a mess because of decisions you made, let's start making wiser choices as you apply these principles we're getting ready to see that come to us from what we've read in God's word. So here, here's three things. You want to write these down, take pictures of them, because if you're in a rough season, here's what you need to know. Number one, you've got to survive before you thrive. You've got to survive before you thrive. Sometimes just surviving is not only okay, it's the best thing to do. Sometimes just surviving is exactly what God wants you to do. Just hang in there and hold on. White knuckle grip, hang in there, hold on, and don't quit and don't give up. You hear people say it all the time, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just surviving, I'm just surviving. Why is that necessarily a negative thing? It doesn't mean anything's necessarily bad or wrong or gone crazy in the cosmic order of God's will. Sometimes God wants you to survive things so that later you can thrive in those things. We see that in our job, right? Sometimes you have to survive moments in your job before you can get to the parts of your job where you thrive. Sometimes you have to survive education before you thrive in education, right? And it doesn't seem like all of education is survival, but then you get to the point where you can thrive. Marriage, listen, you got to survive the hard stuff to get to the great stuff. That's why it's, I'm just so disheartened to see people quit when it's hard. They quit when it's hard. You're like, oh, you're quitting too soon. You got you to survive to get to the thrive in marriage. Marriages that thrive are marriages that have survived. Hey, parents, listen, you got to survive before you thrive, Right? Don't give up, don't, don't give in. Sometimes parenting is just about being the last man standing. <laughs> I'm just telling you, all right? You can survive before you thrive. Just because you're in survival mode doesn't mean anything is necessarily wrong. God's word says so much to us about enduring, enduring, enduring. Because some of the greatest seasons you will ever experience, listen carefully, some of the greatest experience, experiences and the greatest seasons you'll ever have will be born out of some of the most difficult seasons in your life. And it's true. The stuff we really want comes to us after and through the stuff we don't want. It's just true. I mean, like for instance, it's a simple illustration, but it makes its point. And, and I, think you'll, I think you'll remember it because you're probably getting hungry right about now. Okay, I don't like lard. Now, I, I, I like the Lord. Okay, those of you from the country, that's L-A-R-D. He don't like the lard. No, no, I don't like lard. All right, please listen. Don't quote me, misquote me. I don't like lard, okay, cooking-wise by itself. It's just not tasty. And I'm not a big fan of white flour by itself. And I'm certainly not a big a fan of buttermilk. Some of you like buttermilk straight, you know, I'm proud of you. I, I, don't, I don't like buttermilk. However, if you take that lard and you take the white flour and you take the buttermilk and you mix all that stuff together just right and you add some heat and a little time, you get biscuits, baby. <laughs> all right? Now, I don't eat biscuits near as much as I want to eat biscuits, but I am most always thinking about biscuits. I love 
good biscuits. Funny, huh? All right, here's the deal. There's a lot of difficult stuff in your life, a lot of hard seasons. In and of itself, you don't want it, you don't like it. It doesn't look good, it doesn't seem good, doesn't feel good. God, just what he says, Romans 8. He's going to mix all of that stuff together. He's going to add a little heat. That's the difficult season. We don't want the heat. We don't like the heat. God adds the heat. And in time, in your life, you know what God does? Biscuits. <laughs> Better than biscuits. And some of you are like, man, I'm ready for some biscuits. Well, hang in there. Heat in time, baby. Heat in time. The stuff we want comes to us after and through the stuff we don't. If you survive it, then you get to thrive. You got to survive, then you thrive. You know, we just want the thrive part. You don't get to thrive without the survive. And here's the other thing before we move on. We're all tempted to look at other people that are thriving while we're surviving. <laughs> you know, and the very thing, you know, you're holding on financially. And you're, you can't help but notice every, everybody you meet seems to be going on yet another vacation. Uh, they, they didn't even, I mean, their car's perfectly fine and they just got a new one. They just traded it in. What's up with that? Right? I mean, they did all their Christmas shopping in May because they just have time and money. Right? Right. And when your marriage is on the rocks about to blow up, what happens? There they are again, holding hands. I just want to trip them. You're <laughs> so sick of them. And when you're about to lose your ever-loving mind with your kids, you know what happens? You know what happens? You can't help but stop. You can't stop. You can't stop but help but notice everybody on social media whose kids are perfect. Look at them. They're, they're smiling. Look at them. They're saying prayers. Look at them. Oh, my gosh. My kids are so screwed up. No. Here's the deal. Anybody else you see thriving while you're surviving, you know what you haven't seen? It's what they had to survive to get to where they're thriving. See, that's the part they don't tell you on social media. That's the part you'd miss. You don't know what they survived to get to how they're thriving. So survive till you thrive. Secondly, you're going through something difficult. Based upon what we've read through God's word, this is what we know. It's beneficial even when it's not enjoyable. This thing you're going through or these things you're going through, it's beneficial even though it's not enjoyable. We get this thing in our mind that we think just because it feels bad, it is bad. No. It's beneficial even though it's not enjoyable. Somehow, someway, even though you don't see it, know it, or understand it, this is going to be a good thing for you because God does just the biggest things in our life, God tends to do out of and through the most difficult times. That's just the way he works because nothing shapes us, molds us, and changes us like a difficult season. That's just true about life. And God uses it to our advantage. He uses difficult seasons, I think, more than any other thing to shape us and mold us into who he wants us to be. In other words, you've got to start looking for the nugget of gold in that pile of dirt you're sitting in because it's there. Small as it may be, you may not know and understand until you're through it. And even when you're through the bad season, looking back, you still may have a big old question mark. I don't know what the heck all that was about, but I'm so glad it's gone and it's over and it's done. But here's the deal. You need to be able to say, this is good for me, even though this ain't good to me. There's going to be a lot of things that aren't good to you, but they're good for you. 
right? Biscuits. You'll remember it. It's beneficial, even though it's not enjoyable. And, and one more thing on that before we move on to what I really want you to take home. I mentioned this last week that God's greatest work is always in us. God is more focused on what he's doing in you than what he's doing around you. Now, God cares about circumstances around you. He certainly does. But you know what God does with circumstances around you? He takes the circumstances around you and he helps mold you on the inside. See, that's why God mostly cares about the stuff around us is so he can use it to do what's most important and that shape us on the inside. God's most concerned with who you're becoming in here and not what's happening out there. Okay, so no matter what things are happening in your life that are not enjoyable, God will use them to be beneficial. One, one other thing I want to make sure you leave with. If you're going through something difficult, you're gonna need to survive it, okay? Put on your survival shoes. It's okay, survive it. Nothing wrong with survival mode because it leads you to a point where later you can thrive. And understand this is beneficial, even though it's not enjoyable, but here's, here's the thing that I, I want you to get if you get nothing else. Regardless of what you're going through, you need to know this, and it was clear in God's word. This is a season, not a sentence. Because it feels like a sentence, doesn't it? But it's not, it's just a season. You and I need to know this because we get so dang impatient. We just get so impatient. It's a season. It's not a sentence. It had a beginning and it will have an ending and you will make it. Do you remember the, uh, the big breakup you went through in middle school and high school? I know some of you are in your adulthood and you're waiting for that first date. I get it. But others of you, okay, you remember in middle school and high school, that breakup, I mean like the breakup. The one that when it happened to you, you swore, I'll never love again. <laughs> I mean, you started playing a bunch of sad music. You listened to Chicago, you know, like, look away. It's a hard habit to break. I mean, you're my inspiration, the whole deal. I mean, it's just, you listen to Chicago until you just absolutely cry yourself to sleep every night. Or you play Kenny G, you know? <laughs> Think about it. If you don't know who Kenny G or Chicago is, you need to get a life. And ask somebody a little bit older than you to play you some, some good old music. But guess what? You've forgotten all about that long lost love and you've moved on. You may not even remember their name. Now, what, what was his name again? Even if you do remember, it was a season, right? It wasn't a sentence. I love what the American poet Robert Frost said when he summarized life in three words. It goes on. It does. Whatever you're going through, no matter how hard, how bad, how long, it's still a season. It's not a sentence. It goes on, and so will you. That's why it's so very important. Listen very carefully. That's why it's so important to be very careful the kinds of decisions you make when you're in a bad season because life goes on. Be careful not to make long-term decisions based on a temporary difficult season. 
Because then what happens is you just make the season worse and prolong it longer than it needed to be, right? So you're going through a difficult season financially and you rack up all this credit card debt. So now when things get a little bit better, you're drowning in debt. You just elongated your financial hardship. Do you know what I'm saying? I see it happening in marriages all the time. Well, they had a big fight. They've had a couple of big fights. Maybe they've had a series of big fights and they're learning how to get along and they're learning how to do conflict resolution. And then somebody drops the bomb, files for divorce. That's it, I'm done. And they say things they don't mean and they do things they can't take back. And now they have a long-term problem based upon a temporary issue that they had just hung in there and worked through it they'd be on the other side of now. That's why so many people end up with long-term addictions because they were trying to deal with and find a way to cope and get help during a temporary bad season. So the season has come and gone and now they're addicted long-term. Be careful the long-term decisions you make in a temporary bad season. But no matter what you're going through, and no matter how long you've been going through it, listen very carefully, it won't last forever. It is a season. It is not a sentence. Now listen, I get it. I understand some of you are, have been going through back-to-back bad seasons, like the Atlanta Braves <laughs> or the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's just back-to-back disappointing seasons. And maybe you're like back to back to back to back to back. And some of you are like, man, it's just like my whole life is categorized by a bad season. All right, and I want you to listen to me. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to perk up. Listen very carefully. If you're going through a difficult season, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, here's one of the reasons among many you ought to become a follower of Jesus, what I'm getting ready to describe to you. Let's just say you go back to back to back to back bad seasons. Let's just go worst case scenario on it. And your entire life is categorized by a bad season. Let's say the bad season you're in lasts for 75 years, pretty much your whole life, and then you die in the bad season. If you're a follower of Jesus, guess what happens next? You take your next breath in heaven where there is no bad season ever ever again. And no person has ever, from their first moment in heaven, ever looked around and felt gypped. Nobody got to heaven and looked back and went, what the crap was all that? It's just one perpetual bad season. Nobody's going to get there and be disappointed. Nobody's going to get to heaven and feel like they got the raw end of the deal. So let's go worst case scenario on it. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's a season. It ain't a sentence. Eventually, you're going to die. Are you with me? You don't think that's cool now. But I promise you, many of you are going to remember that I said that. Your first glimpse of heaven, he's like, he's right. <laughs> no more bad season, baby. It's a season. Helps to laugh, doesn't it? It's a season. 
It's not a sentence. It's exactly what Jesus was saying to his followers in John chapter 16. John recorded this. I'm so glad he did. When Jesus said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart. In other words, don't freak out. Because I have overcome the world. Now, there's a lot of messed up teaching out there, unfortunately being done in churches by people who really don't understand what Jesus is teaching. And I'm not saying I'm a real smart man, because I'm not. But just a simple reading of what Jesus taught. You can't go around telling people that if you get Jesus in your life, then it's all good, baby. And you don't have to, you don't have to be broken, and you don't have to struggle, and you don't have to. And I'm like, have you read what Jesus said? I mean, you're describing heaven, dude, and heaven ain't happened yet. You want heaven here. And that's not the way it works. Jesus said, the Son of God said, in this world, you will, mark her down, get ready for it, you will have trouble. Many trials and sorrows. But don't freak out. Take a deep breath. Because I have overcome a world of seasons, a world of hurt, the world of pain, and you're with me. It's a season. It's not a sentence. Take heart. It's a season. I got to go to the doctor um, this week just for um, routine checkup stuff. You know, we all do that from time to time. And I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when I was preparing for this, you know, doctor and writing it down on the calendar, make sure I got it all ready to roll. Isn't it, isn't it great when you go to the doctor and you got some issues, you want to talk to them, and you're a little nervous, I got this happening, I got that happening, and I don't know what this is, I don't know what that is, and this is how I feel, and you're kind of nervous about what the doctor's going to say. Isn't it great and comforting when the doctor looks at you and goes, oh, oh yeah, 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 I see this all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've seen this. Oh, yeah, I, I know exactly what this is. To me, when the doctor knows exactly what it is, I feel a lot better. Imagine what it's like, you know, when you go to the doctor and go, he goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> Sucks being you, dude. I he calls up his doctor friends. Hey, Bill, you know what this is? No, I don't know what that is. Just don't touch it. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. Man, it makes you a little nervous, doesn't it? Right? When you're the anomaly, when you're the statistic, when you're the odd man out, so great to hear a doctor say, hey, I've seen this before and you're going to be okay, dude. You're going to be okay. Isn't that great? Now listen very carefully. I'm not a doctor, but I am your pastor. And I have been doing this a little over 23 years. And even though I'm not a very smart man, I have seen enough bad seasons in people's lives come and go where I can promise you without any hesitation, you're going to make it you're gonna be okay. I've seen God bring his people through far worse than you've ever faced. And, and worst case, let's go worst case scenario on it. Let's say it kills you. You got heaven and you won't be disappointed then for sure. Biscuits. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're gonna make it. This summer, I was watching the hurricane coverage. I think it was Hurricane Irma. It was a couple of them back to back, you remember? 
And I'm, I'm a weather geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, I, all that stuff is fascinating to me. And so I was watching the coverage and then it cut to the local forecast, which I'm not as interested in because it, you know, it's just our weather. And so I, but I noticed in the bottom right-hand corner, there was a little caption that caught my eye. And on the Weather Channel local forecast caption, caption read this, the story does not end with the storm. I wrote that down. I'm like, man, that, that's good. I don't know what storm you're going through. I don't know if it's a money thing, a marriage thing, a, a children thing, a parent thing, a friend thing, a job thing, a health thing, a mental thing, emotional thing, a spiritual thing. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what storm, what bad season you're going through, but you need to know this. Your story will not end with your storm. That's what God wants you to know. That is what is true. And that's what carries you through it. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, what a comfort it is to know these truths. It is real that we have difficult seasons. It is real that people under the sound of my voice watching online or sitting in one of our locations are going through extremely difficult things. And it is true that there are some people and maybe many people that are going through multiple different things and some of them back to back to back to back difficult seasons and they're tired and they're weary. God, help them to know that it begins with survival, that you have to survive before you thrive. And there's a thriving day ahead of us, but we got to survive to get there. And Father, help us to know that even though the things we go through are not enjoyable, they're certainly beneficial because you take all of the ingredients, all the bad stuff, and you work it together. You make biscuits out of it in our lives. And Father, may we remember that what we're going through is simply a season. It's not a sentence. That even in the worst case scenario, we got heaven. Even if this kills us, we got heaven. So may we live with this perspective, knowing that you don't waste anything in our lives, even the stuff we wish we could do without. You take it all. You bring us closer to you. Help us to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.